Darkness falls. Fear chokes and murmurs of the crimson terror descend. Cloaked in a veil of mist he comes, siphoning fear from the impressionable flock to manifest, sustaining himself upon weak minds and grotesque irrationalities. Assuredly, too, wretched and rogue aberrations will follow. Fear not, tales told here can't bite, unless you let them. Be weary of what thoughts you allow in, for there's a predator lurking in the darkness just beyond the boundaries of light. It's time for Tales of the Crimson Terror. So the estate I reside at is, oh, let's say a decent size. I've been most places there, but there are still some rooms I've never entered, and a guest house I've only been in once. I spend most of my time with Penny. She's my human. Penny is the younger of three siblings. Their parents are always working, though, so we all pretty much have the run of the house. Penny gets me whatever I want and we chill in the sunroom a lot because she likes to lay by the pool. Crap on a cracker, Charm. Where do you live? Sounds like a mansion. Wes furrowed his brow in skepticism. Yeah, basically. So anyway, one day Penny was sunbathing and I was at her side watching real house dogs on my iPad when I sensed someone at the wall of the windows to my left. I mean, the whole room is windows, but my point is I could see everywhere outside. I turned and looked but there wasn't anyone there. Ooh, scary. Shut it, Wes. That's not the scary part. Wes made a zipping motion with his paw as he moved it across his snout. Where was I? Ah, uh, yeah. So there was like totally nobody there, but I still sensed someone. I barked and snarled, as unladylike as that was. Out of pure instinct, which of course alerted Penny. She got up to investigate. As she approached the glass, we heard a cracking noise immediately followed by a crash. The glass exploded in front of us. I was cool, of course, but Penny, poor Penny, she was struck on the head by a huge branch that had fallen from the tree just outside. Glass was everywhere, and I stepped right on a jagged shard. It sliced my paw, and it got stuck deep in my pad. Penny was knocked out cold and a trickle of blood ran down from beneath her hairline. I whimpered and licked her face to try and wake her up, but it didn't seem to help. I had to do something. So I limped out of the sunroom to look for one of her brothers. The glass in my paw was pretty deep and I was bleeding all over the floor as I searched the house for someone to help. Jeez, Charm, that is scary. But it doesn't sound paranormal or like T-Set had anything to do with it, Taffy commented. Just wait. I haven't gotten to the good part yet. And what the heck is T-Set? Not T-Set. T-C-E-T. -E it's short for the Crimson-Eyed Terror, Taffy explained. Oh, well, not when you have to explain it. Rokester shook her head and did one of her well-practiced, overbearing eye-roll maneuvers. So there I am, bleeding out, and I can't find anyone to help. I'd looked in all the usual places, limping all the while. 
I was pretty sure I'd pass out soon if nobody came to rescue me. Then I heard a noise. I followed the sound down to the basement. It's always the basement, right? Why even build a basement if all it's good for is to be a creepy feature of the home? Whatever. So I go down there, being as careful as possible not to jam the glass deeper into my paw. The door was cracked and light was flickering from beyond. There was this fog spilling out from an opening around the door too. I thought the light maybe was a TV one of the boys was watching. I didn't know there wasn't a TV down there though, because before then, this was one of those places I'd never gone to. Although I'd been to the other basement. Okay, we get it, Charm. Your house is big AF, Wes said irritatedly. She just ignored him and continued on. I yipped in the most desperate manner I could to try and get the attention of whoever was in there, but nobody came for me. I pushed the door open and couldn't believe what I saw. Oops, just a sec. I need to tinkle. The poodle hopped off of her log and pranced away behind the sleeping den for privacy while she took care of her business. Are you guys believing any of this? I bet that part about getting glass stuck in her foot was exaggerated. Probably just a tiny cut or a sliver-sized thing. Let's just give her the benefit of the doubt, guys. She might come from a different background than the rest of us, but she still has feelings. Willow Prickle was right about that, but why did Charm always have to hold it over our heads? Maybe she acts the way she does because she's hiding some insecurities or doesn't get the attention she needs at home. Yeah. That's probably it. We don't really know this pup, guys, so don't believe everything you hear. Wes seemed determined to discredit Rochester. Yeah, we don't know her, so don't make assumptions, Wes. Innocent until proven guilty, Mika challenged. Oh, you don't think I'm telling the truth, huh? Charm said, approaching Wes from behind. Take a look. She raised her paw for him to look at. Even under the dim light of the campfire, it was obvious that there was a pretty gnarly scar she'd gotten. Okay, I stand corrected. Please, my lady, continue on, Wes said while theatrically bowing his head. Thank you, Charm curtsied. So I get down to the basement and push the door wide. What do I find? Any guesses? No? Well, you'd never guess anyway. An alien jungle. I mean, I know my house is big, but jungle big? No. It was like that show, Doctor What, and his time-traveling porta potty that's bigger on the inside. I know we were all thinking it, but nobody said anything. We were all going to ride out this crazy train with her, I guess. Neon yellow pollen was floating about in the air, like a light snowdrift. It was getting all over my newly groomed coat. And who do I see at the center of the jungle? You guessed it, Mr. T-Set himself, the Crimson-Eyed Terror, except he wasn't being terribly terrible at all. He was huge, like Willow said, but he wasn't wearing a cloak, just the red sash holding a sword in place at his hip. Maybe he switches up his look, just like anyone else does on any given day. Take a guess at what he was doing. Never mind, you'll never guess. He was just walking around from one alien plant to another alien plant, smelling their flowers and watering them with a large pitcher. 
Okay, time out. Pause. Hold up. Excusing all my other questions here, what do you mean by alien plants? Duffy the bunny questioned with his head cocked to the side, one ear flopping across his pink nose. Yeah, I know, right? But that's the best I can figure since I've never seen anything like it. Some of the plants were moving like snakes and others seemed to be breathing. Some of the plants, which had vines, were extending their reach out to meet him. It was almost cute. I don't know if any of you all have seen the movie Little Shop of Horrors, but that was the vibe for sure. Feed me, T-Set, feed me. <laughs> well, I didn't want to end up as plant food, so I started to think it might be best if I get out of there before it was too late. Remember, I was bleeding out, and if those plants were to be of the carnivorous persuasion, I'd surely be swept up in one of their peristomes and left to dissolve in a waxy pitcher filled with digestive acid. We've all been there, Charm. Gotta watch out for those pastrami pitchers spitting things. And here I was thinking we were all so different, but you're just so full of surprises. Wes was obviously not seeing how clearly his insecurities were shining through. Charm continued on without batting an eye. I wasn't able to look for very long before Mr. T-Set turned and looked at me. His face twisted into a demonic snarling mess and green venom dripped from his fangs. I looked away, realizing who it was and fearful he might freeze me. The edges of my vision began to close in and my legs started wobbling. My paw was throbbing so badly, but all I could do was just stand there in shock. I knew I couldn't just play dead or act like a deer in the headlights. I had to move, and fast, before losing consciousness or I was eaten by the mouse-tending garden. The last thing I remember before blacking out from blood loss was that I made it back through the door and pressed all of my weight against it so it closed and latched shut. Then, I was out. Penny woke up before I did and followed my blood trail down here. She must have taken me to the vet and gotten me all fixed up. Honestly, I thought I had just hallucinated it from losing all that blood. Well, yeah, obviously that must have been what happened. It's totally understandable and pretty wild nonetheless, Taffy reassured. Except it actually happened. Don't believe me still? I can prove it. Charm Rocaster ran over to her bag in the sleeping den and dug around for a minute. She returned with a small vial containing a phosphorescent yellow glow. When Penny took me in to get stitches, she pulled these little pollen spurs out of my coat and bottled them up for me. She had no idea where they came from, and I really didn't want to tell her about the jungle in the basement, so I just shrugged and played dumb. Besides them being kind of pretty, I've noticed they tend to glow more when other odd things have happened around the house. Nothing so extravagant as the basement, but you know, the casual poltergeist activity. A pen rolls off the table with no one else in the room, it glows. A chair inches backwards, it glows. A window is open when I know it had been closed. Let me guess. It glows, right? Willow said. You got it, confirmed the poodle. After a few days, curiosity got the best of me. I know it's a cat thing to do, but I needed to scratch that itch. I had to know if the jungle was still there. So I told Penny, but with the caveat that I did lose a ton of blood. So maybe I did hallucinate it. I knew I didn't, but I also didn't want to scare the poor girl. 
I convinced Penny to go down to the basement. The vial didn't glow bright when we approached the door. And when we opened it, the basement door, I mean, there was nothing there. Just a pile of boxes and storage stuff. Charm set the vial next to her and looked the badger straight in the eyes. I showed you mine. Now it's your turn. Spill it, Corbin. I thought about my own experience and how what Charm had just told us might actually make some sense. But there were still a lot of holes riddled in any semblance of a convincing explanation for the town's unusual activities. I sighed, noticing our woodpile was dwindling. If Zane didn't get here soon, we'd have to go scavenging for more, and the sound of that task didn't appeal much. Like Charm said, Corbin was up, and it was an excuse to be distracted a little while longer. I pushed the real scary thoughts of what might be happening to Zane right now out of my head and tried to stay in the moment. But there was a voice nagging at the edge of my mind. It clawed at my sanity, making demands which I vowed to not entertain. It wanted me to be afraid. Its lust for fear only grew stronger as we pushed deeper into the night. Maybe it was time I start considering the real possibility of using my get-out-of-jail-free card. No. No, not just yet. 